You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. Hello and welcome to a brand new show here on AfterBuzz. I'm so excited. This has been, I feel like, way too long in the making for us. Uh, this is the Orphan Black AfterBuzz show. And welcome. My name is Nando Velasquez. I'm joined by uh, three other capable uh, people who may or may not be clones. I don't know. Actually, one of them I know is a clone. That would be Matt Lieberman, because he's here on way too many shows. I, I can neither confirm nor deny my cloneness, but what up, everybody? You, he, he's on, here. like, every single AfterBuzz show, so I think he not is Not all of them, just most. He doesn't do the Kardashians. I, I don't forgot. do the Kardashians. Okay, got <laughs> it. Also, right across from me is the lovely Anna Koppel. On a couple. On a couple. But you know what? I get Anna. But your clone, a lot. your clone is Anna. And I respond to Anna, so okay. You know, but I will call you Anna from now on. That's cool. Whatever. The New York accent in me sometimes comes out, and the A's come out. Anna. I, just like, I just feel like my parents were like, "How can we make her life complicated? Like, how can mm-hmm. we?" To be honest with you, some people call me Nando. Some people call me Nando. I'm more East Coast. I like Nando. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's so that's fine. good. Whatever. The more you know. <laughs> and, wow. And, busting that out within two minutes of the show well, starting. We're we're teaching people right now. <laughs> we're teaching people. And you know, new to Afterbuzz. <laughs> yes. And yes, we have a new person here who's new to Afterbuzz and welcome Will Link, everybody. Thank you, thank you. A much simpler name, two syllables. Yes. Just I didn't Will mess Link. that one up. Didn't mess it up. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> You're always going to be now it's not Wiley. Nando, and you're always going to be Anna now to me. Because Either I'm, way, it doesn't matter. Because you'd like to be contrary. <laughs> and, exactly. and all those sound effects are coming courtesy of Stephen Lemieux over in the producer booth. Dude, I'm super excited for Orphan Black, guys. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, are we. too. We're yeah. very excited. Let's talk a little bit about Orphan Black. First of all, we're assuming that those of you who are tuning in on iTunes or on AfterBuzz TV right now watching a streaming uh, are familiar with the show. If you're not, just be prepared. This is a bit of a recap show, but really just going talk a lot about the phenomenon that uh, Orphan Black has become in the past year. So there will be some spoilers. So just warning you right now, okay? But let's talk a little bit about the buzz because I don't know I don't know if any of you guys saw it when it came out on BBC America last spring as it was airing. I caught up in time for the finale. So okay. I had got in kind of in the middle of while the season was airing. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I had gotten kind of a lot of the Twitter buzz had gotten my attention and then I found out it was a show about clones and I'm like, well, I have to see this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was able to catch up and I'm so glad I did. Awesome. Now, I didn't. I saw it after the fact once it came out on DVD. I watched it on BBC America, but I uh, actually... It's- Embarrassing, but I'm going to admit it anyway. Um, Lindsay Lohan was <laughs> was guest hosting for Chelsea Handler's show, Chelsea Lately, and uh, she had oh, I really need to remember his name right now. Um, Dylan, which Bruce, character? Dylan, Dylan Bruce, Bruce, who Dylan Bruce, plays Paul who on plays, the show. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so 
he he was a guest, and Lindsay was just like, gosh, she's like, I love this show. It's my new favorite show. You're wonderful. And I was like, I have to see the show. Lindsay loves it. You just, you thought, you just thought Dylan Bruce was hot. Come uh, on, be honest. He was a totally fine hottie. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the dude is legit. He's well built. He's sculpted by some kind of Greek craftsman <laughs> way back in the day. He's a very handsome man. I personally, I, I, I bought it on my Xbox. I bought it on my Xbox 360 while it was airing. But for whatever reason, the Xbox store only had it in standard definition, and I'm a stupid HD snob, yeah. and I refused I to watch it until it came out in HD. And then I watched it all in a day and just was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> I had a similar um, thing. I actually got a, a screener of it because back then I was working at G4 at Attack of the Show. Yeah. And they sent me a screener of it just as Attack of the Show was canceled. <laughs> so I had a lot of other things on my mind and tuning into this show that I didn't know anything about. And then I started hearing about the buzz a little bit. And then I ended up going to Comic-Con for another company to interview Tatiana. And I had to catch up. And I realized this was the show I had pretty much sitting on my desk staring and using as a coaster for about five months. Oh, boy. And I... <laughs> That's a great up, thing to tell the fans. I know. I know. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing. But it just shows you how this show has really snuck in mm-hmm. and surprised everybody. And yeah. I ended up seeing it in a whole day as well and just became a, a huge fan. In the last week, even, so many people have come up to me and been like, I'm binge-watching it now. I know the new season's starting this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm on top of this. Yeah. Because they're just seeing the, the advertisements and seeing the interviews and mm-hmm. everyone's talking about it. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think one of the key factors there is just the incredible performance of Tatiana Maslany, uh, who's, who's playing all these different roles. The people that I always hear about the show from are my actor friends who just geek out over her performance. Because it's, it's incredible. She's doing next level work yeah. as far as I'm concerned. It yeah. really, really is. is It's stunning and I, I've never seen anything quite like it. The most I've seen uh, is maybe on say Fringe on Fox where we have characters playing maybe two versions of themselves, maybe yeah. three versions in a season, but you know five or six in one episode. And not just that, it's she's playing characters that are imitating other characters. Yes. So there's just lots of layers Extra to Extra levels of complexity. And of course all of the season one actually earned her a nomination for a Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. So she actually had that. So she definitely has got a lot of kudos. That A lot of people actually thought she was ripped off um, for a Golden Globe, that she should have won it. Yeah. yeah. She was robbed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even I, I, even when the Emmys last year, you were getting a lot more buzz. I feel like the show hit too late for a lot of Emmy voters, but you were getting a lot of buzz right before the nominations, a lot of hashtag Emmy yeah. for Maslany. Like, the, the buzz was building about this slow and steadily until now where it's just exploded. Well, another interesting thing about it, it's a very hard show based on the pilot, I think, to market because you don't really get the big twist, the clone twist, until until episode two. You don't you don't know what the show is necessarily going to be about. And when I saw the original promos, I'm watching my Doctor Who. I'm like, what is this show about mm. the woman who's got a? I'm like, is this some supernatural thriller where she's like seeing versions of herself everywhere and blah blah blah, you know? And once I found out what the show was, I was far more intrigued. And I feel like now that people have seen it. They can explain it to their friends and they'd be like, wow, that actually is pretty cool. Well, to this day, though, for me, it's difficult for me to 
uh, concisely explain what the show is about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I think for this show, even though this is, we're calling this a recap show, really this is just a primer. Just for anyone who's an Orphan Black fan, we'll definitely get into a little bit of the plot, but it is a little convoluted, so if you're not aware of the whole show, it might convoluted. be a little, it might be a little confusing, but pretty much the premise that actually, um, they set up really well in the Cloneversation that aired on BBC, which was the, uh, another preview that BBC America did, was, uh, a, a cl- you know, somebody wakes up, they go to a train station and they see someone that looks exactly like themselves pretty kill themselves just commit suicide they walk in front of a train they leave their id their purse and their jacket and this person who happens to be a bit of a, a bad egg let's mm-hmm. say it's a safe way to say a so bad a, egg a, a yeah. grifter a grifter yeah. i guess decides to take this person's identity trying to see if she can get some money out of it and see what else she can get out of it and finds out that there's this whole amazing world that she's completely unaware of where there are lots of people that look exactly like her and you have all these organizations and this big conspiracy yeah. and uh, and it's just played out beautifully. Well, it's the best way, honestly, that I, I've seen to to develop and build a sci-fi series is you have you have your main characters touching on a small uh, a small conspiracy or a small mystery mm-hmm. that tugs at the threads of a much larger conspiracy. Um, If anyone watched Helix on Sci-Fi earlier this year, they also did a fantastic job of this, where you're dealing with an intense, high-stakes situation that speaks to something far grander in the works. We don't know how many clones are out there. We don't know ultimately who's running them, for what purpose, why were they made, uh, what is the ultimate end game for them? It seems like we've got this experiment going on where they are meant to make all of their own choices and to, to see, you know, how all of these people are going to live their lives. But ultimately, they do want them for something. Mm, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the two major factions that seem to have developed from uh, from watching the episode. If you're familiar with the the show, there are two basic groups, I suppose. There are the Neolutionists, which were the first yes. groups that we discovered, which were the ones that were responsible, as far as we know, with the Dyad Corporation for creating these clones. And that's that led by, I guess, by, well, I was going to say by Dr. Leakey, Dr. but Leakey. we really found out that Rachel seems to have a higher position. Right. Yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked if slowly throughout the next season we find out there are even higher people. Exactly. I'm sure that there are. Exactly. And so the Neolutionists, and, and what's And what do they believe? They believe that, uh, that, uh, People have the right to direct their own evolution. That yes. they yes. have the right to push themselves further forward or backward as they should see fit. If you want to have a tail, you can have a tail. A fully functioning tail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's important. A and, gross pink tail. And that was definitely one of the bigger one of the one of the highlight scenes of season one. Seeing mm-hmm. yeah. uh <laughs> seeing Olivier. Olivier Olivier, right? Olivier. Yeah, Olivier. Olivier. Yeah, get uh show off his tail. And get it cut off. And then later, Helena dancing with the tail. My mm-hmm. tail, my tailbone hurt for like an <laughs> hour after that. Yeah, right. You just feel it. Well, so uh, I think it's important. Cosima is um, connected to to this. She knows Doctor Leaky and her uh, monitor. Yeah, is and Cosima is one of the clones. We'll get into the clones later, obviously. Okay. But yes. No, no. Go ahead. I mean, well, I no, no. no. I just, I just wanted to. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Because go ahead. She's she's uh, dipping her toes into the Dyad Institute. Yeah. She's been invited to mm-hmm. research herself. She's been given her entire genome, one hundred percent sequenced, with, however, a few things removed. 
Uh, that's getting into way too much stuff. But the the point is, everyone's entering this mystery from different places. Yeah. Meanwhile, some uh, other clones, such as Allison, would prefer that just to forget everything and try to have a normal life. Great. Yes. With, you know. So yeah. So on one side we have the pre um, the neolutionists who yeah. are are the people who are pro clones, let's say, and they're the biohackers. And and I really am curious to see what other augmentations we might see in season two if there'll be anybody else doing anything really weird. But on the other side, we have the Prolethe- uh, let me say it right. The Prolethians. Yes. yes. And the Prolethians are the ones that think that these Neolutionists are abominations. And they are uh, more of a religious sect that are against the clones. And they have one of what they we assume is a clone or an original. Uh, and they actually set her out to kill all the other clones. That becomes the major... The main storyline of the uh, of the series, and you feel like they've had her from birth, and they have basically mm-hmm. bred her in a way to be the one to go out and kill clones. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they brainwashed her entire life to have her believe that she, you know, is a real person. She was not a clone. Everyone else was cloned off of her, and yeah. now it is her job to wipe out these abominations from the planet. And uh, Helena, to me, is is like the key, the best character yeah. on the series. How? How she became so endearing and so much fun to watch mm. is one of the most like unexpected things I think watching the whole thing. Well, there's like a childlike innocence to her at the same time. Like, yes, she will shoot you with a sniper rifle, but look how adorably she eats Jello. You know, it's like there's something innocent she about it. She does eat Jello really cool. Yeah. Yes, I do yeah. like the way she eats Jello. And she just had so much. She was so vulnerable and just loved Kira instantly so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just had this gentle side to her. It was a very touching scene. I also, whenever I see her, keep having to remind myself that that's Tatiana. Like, that's, you know, I just am so impressed with her. It, it, it's very impressive. And she plays it, the the, the word that was described by uh, somebody else in the, um, in the series was feral. Mm-hmm. Helena's yeah. a very feral character. Very kind of like Angels and Demons, like that character in Angels and Demons where he whips himself, the way well, she, she the cuts herself. Thing, yeah. The same exact thing. Right. So it's like the that kind of religious. On her back. Exactly. And, so, mm-hmm. really creepy. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, let's get into the clones, exactly, since we're already talking about Helena, who's one of the clones. There were supposedly nine clones in season one that were mentioned, but we only got to see seven of them, uh, seven I believe, or, or six and, of them. No, we saw seven, seven of them. Well, let's, we let's list them. them. We saw Sarah Manning, we saw Beth Childs, we saw Katya Obinger, yes. briefly, mm-hmm. we saw Helena, Allison Hendricks, Kasima. Uh, and Rachel, Rachel at the end of the season. Yeah, so yeah, I have seven. Sarah Beth Koch. I actually have the EW article, I, and and that's the other thing about the buzz. Entertainment Weekly here's this uh, show didn't have again didn't have great ratings, but Entertainment Weekly put them on the March 21st issue, which Anna is so nicely showing off mm-hmm. right now with the three main clones uh, in the picture there, which are Sarah Manning, uh, Allison Hendricks, and. Casima. Uh, I don't know Casima's. Do we know Casima's last name? Difficult it's last been, name. It's been that's mentioned. I mean. It was only mentioned once in season one. I know because mm-hmm. I just rewatched all of it, <laughs> and no one knows what it is. I'll but look it up. The other clones that, uh, as you as you said, as you ran through, are, are Beth Childs, who is the clone that killed herself in the first episode. Yeah. And what was really cool about that too is when Sarah Manning, who is I guess the lead clone, this is her mm-hmm. story really. Yeah. When she took over her identity, it was just so fun seeing the mystery of who this person is. She's taking over and here's a grifter who the last thing she wants to do is get caught or be surrounded by cops and then she finds out 
she's actually impersonating a police officer, mm-hmm. which I think was a hilarious twist and, right there in the beginning. And not only that, day one impersonating this woman, she has to be in front of a hearing. She has to <laughs> right get, at this yeah. civilian shooting. Uh, yeah. She's so utterly ill-equipped to handle this stuff, and she winds up vomiting all over the table, which was a brilliant move. Yeah, yeah. and of course she's being she's being. Uh, Taken by her partner Alex, who has Art. no Art. idea. Art, that's Alex. Art, who has no idea what's going on. Uh, you know, thinks yeah. this is Beth Childs and yeah. just thinks she's acting really oddly. Uh, let's. We we should also add that Sarah it comes from England, but she was adopted and she ended up moving to, I guess, Toronto is yeah. the city. Yeah. They haven't mentioned it. Vaguely it Canadian city. Vaguely Canadian city. Uh, <laughs> Beth Childs has more of an American or Canadian accent. I'd right. say a North American accent. Which, like, I had no idea. Tatiana is is Canadian, right? And that the Sarah Manning accent was the fake accent, yeah. not the Beth Childs. Well, this that is crazy? a BBC yeah. America show, so you would assume, the assumption, right. which is brilliant. Yeah, and the Jordan, uh, I can't, Gavaris, Gavaris, uh, also Canadian. He's also Canadian. What? As well. Yeah, yeah that I did not. Know. Accent is spot on on spot. the show. Yeah, yeah spot on and brilliant. So then we have Katja, who was the German. I'm going to interrupt you just yeah. really quickly. Yeah. I'm Go so sorry, it. but no, Kasima's last name is. Niehaus, N-I-E-H-A-U-S, Niehaus. Niehaus. Yeah, Kasima Niehaus. I like okay. that. Yeah. All right, cool. Done, done. Awesome. That's how you say that. <laughs> so uh, we have Kaja, who is dead. She was in one episode. I believe it was like episode two. And uh, episode, and the, episode one. That's man. how it ends. Oh, that's how it ends with episode yeah. one. She You're gets right. shot in the backseat of Sarah's car. Thank Boom. you. I totally forgot. It's such a short <laughs> series. I should know that. But uh, episode one, and we see her very briefly. And the one thing that we should note about her was she was sick. She was suffering from something and she was sick. She, and she was working with the other, with Kasama, who we'll get into in a second, yeah, yeah. Uh, on hopefully figuring out what was going on with them. She had a briefcase full of uh, files and blood samples that... Uh, From the other clones right. that we never got to know because they perhaps were dead already. I they believe Helena killed them. But that, Helena killed them, But yes. that did help uh, Alice and Kasima and, um, and Sarah to... Yes. Figure out what was. I think yeah, to have more it. samples to know that they were genetically identical before we got into the later latter half of the season. And what strikes me as so interesting mm-hmm. is how much plot they cram into that pilot. Uh, they cover a lot of ground. Yeah, you know, uh, Beth dies. She's uh, assuming her identity. She's at the police station. She's getting money out of her account. There's a funeral. Uh, there's a Katya. There's a murder. There's all all this stuff happens in just an hour. It's it's insanity. such a smart show, and it's one of those shows that you have to kind of work for. You have to pay attention, and there's yeah. a lot to follow, and yeah. there's so many layers. And I, I I love that. There are certain shows that you want to just sort of be brain dead, and mm-hmm. you know it's the end of a long day, or whatever. This is not one of those shows, and <laughs> I I mean I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. So we we already talked a little bit about Helena. So let's talk about the big three because these seem to be the central characters. Besides Sarah Manning, uh, we also have Allison Hendricks, who is a soccer mom, mm-hmm. a very yeah. wound up, uptight, yeah. neurotic. Uh, soccer mom. It, Hilarious soccer mom. <laughs> when we first meet her and see how uptight it's amazing, again, how the show does a good job of making us then kind of love her, too, because mm-hmm. she's not necessarily the most lovable character, but you really feel for her plight that mm-hmm. she just wants everything to be normal yeah. with her kids and her husband. 
She just wants to be left alone. She yeah. wants to be normal. And for her, you could only imagine just discovering that she was a clone and she has all this going on with all these other people. It's just freaking her out completely. You know, she I, has to concern herself with potluck. She I, doesn't have time for I will uh, say clone. some of my favorite scenes in season one really involve her. I think she's mm-hmm. my favorite out of all the clones, actually. Well, <laughs> I think my favorite episode is episode six. It's uh, Variations Under Domestication. And it's the one where she has where to have the torturing potluck and, she's and torturing tortur- her husband yes. and trying to host a potluck. Look, yes. because it, that episode not isn't isn't just a great sci-fi show, but it's like a domestic comedy. Yeah. Like it's it's a very dark domestic yes. comedy. Yes, but then you have Felix coming in as the bartender. It, it, it's they did wonderful. a really well, good balance. The intervention in was also awesome. Do you have a do you have a, a, a favorite? Uh, no, go ahead. I just, oh no, I'm just curious. Okay. I, they're all favorites. They're all favorites. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you can't pick your favorite kid. But that's that's probably to me the most memorable episode of season one. I totally one. agree. I love the intervention. Yeah. I, there's so mm-hmm. much more I love too. There's like the intervention and her with uh, Ainsley, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Allison's just a hilarious character. And then that leaves Cosima, who I think Cosima. is Cosima. Sorry. Cosima, who is, uh, I think, a favorite of a lot of people. I actually like her too. It I, is, I, is actually Tatiana's favorite. Yes. She said she relates to her the most. Absolutely. She's my favorite. She's the, she's the smartest. She's, you know, the most kind of free-spirited. She's down to earth. Uh, and, you know, she's, she's also, she's also kind of lonely. She recognizes that, you know, that Delphine is, is a bad influence, that she's probably mm-hmm. ultimately working against her, but it doesn't stop her from wanting a connection. Yeah. I, I totally agree, and I get that. And there is, yeah, just something very sad and lonely about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quickly, I, I don't want to get us too off track here, but no. uh, with Delphine, I I feel like she's switched, no? And she's just sort of like in, well, in we, love now. We can't be sure, because honestly, you look at how how trepidatious she was before she got into bed with Cosima, and then she's crying after after sleeping with her and she lies and says oh i cry after every time i after every time i have sex and i'm just like i don't buy i don't buy the love thing i don't i want it to be true because no clone deserves love more than Cosima. she's earned it she's not a bad person at all but that's what i'm saying like we love sarah because she's a rascal because she gets into stuff and because she's active and we want to see her have sex with paul cuz damn right take that her man she didn't yeah. deserve the hot piece but well, here's the thing yeah right Cosima has done wrong to nobody she just wants to you know learn and 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 do great research and do great work. What's wrong with that? And she just wants to be spooned at night. You're, yeah. you're <laughs> by, a by another girl, by a beautiful huge, woman, sweet, French, woman. French blonde. Exactly. Yes. You're breaking the hearts of uh, Colombians all over the place. <laughs> all the uh, Delphine Cosima shippers, or because that is uh, a has really become a relationship that a lot of fans have, have latched onto. And, yeah. and, and totally. And, and I think that's really been big with the. Uh, LGBT community. Yes, it has been because uh, both uh, Felix and Cosima are are gay characters, but yeah. they're not. That's not like I'm gay. That's my thing. You it know? doesn't. They're, yeah, it doesn't rely on that. That's not the hook yeah. about them. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I think especially like in Felix's case, he's just very well, and also in Cosima's case, they're they're both central characters who are relied upon. Felix comes to the rescue so many times in mm-hmm. the in, se- in season one, and Cosima being the smart. She right. seems to be like the nerve center yeah. of this whole, you know, uh, mystery of how to figure out what's going on. She mm-hmm. seems to be the central character for that. And also, like, she's been very popular in the Clone Versation. Uh, I didn't get to see 
the actual airing of it, but Will and I got the benefit we of actually we got we got into Clone Club and we ended up going awesome. into the conversation. And actually, you're wearing something that uh Boom. from that. Uh, I was supposed to go, but I couldn't. You couldn't make it. Hashtag Clone Club. But we got three little uh, wristbands that say each one of the three main characters. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Clone Club and, Clo- and Clone Club. So, yeah. But anyway, one of the things they mentioned was Casimo uh, is actually based on a real person that the oh, creators yeah. knew, who is actually a student and uh, and a scientist, and actually comes over and she talks to she talks about all this stuff over to the cast and to help them figure things out. So and uh, and Will Wheaton was saying I don't know if this aired, but Will Wheaton was saying that he thought it was based on a friend of his, yeah, Cara Santa Maria, who people might know on the internet, and uh, she used to be on Attack of the Show. Uh, she's a big science nerd. Uh, expert and does a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. I'm sure you've seen her on Nerdist and some other places. But anyway, let's talk. Since we started talking about it, let's talk about the monitors because behind each clone is a monitor yes. set to watch over, regulate, right. report to the uh, to the Dyad Corporation to Doctor Leaky uh, and, and his Hitchell, superior and his superior, the Neolutionist. So we talked a little bit about uh, Delphine, Who, but um, yeah. I feel like before we go into monitors, just really quickly, let's mention, uh, we talked a little bit about Helena and um, also Rachel. Oh, yes, Rachel, actually. We we glossed over Rachel. Apologies for that. Our pro-clone. Which is our pro-clone. Right. She is uh, a clone who works for the Dyad Corporation, who 100%, you know, uh, she is self-actualized. She knows that she is a clone. She's accepted it. She's part of the machinery mm-hmm. of Dyad, and she has access to what is called Topside, mm-hmm. which we don't know that much about, but is introduced at the end of the season as, you know, um, w- you accept that you are an artificial life form, and then we give you access to know who you are, why you were created, and you know what the future has in store for your your species, basically. And she seems pretty badass. Yeah, <laughs> she's, yeah. Cold. she's cold. She's cold blooded on the surface. And Kira is missing, and she might have something to do with it. She sort mm-hmm. of said, "Right, we're well, not sure." I don't but know it if we seems... specifically said Kira is Sarah's daughter on this show. Yes, we yeah. haven't brought up that part right, yet. Okay. Which is <laughs> actually we should bring that up before we begin the monologue. But I think that's an important piece of the puzzle that Sarah is the only one of these people. Who actually has a kid, and what none of the other clones can have children. Allison has adopted. Allison has adopted children. Yeah, but Sarah is the only person who is uh, only clone who has been able to have a natural born child, um, and part of that may come from how she was conceived. We met her birth mother, Amelia, at the end of season one, and she confesses that when she realized what the you know so-called couple that was trying to that uh, had asked her to be their surrogate mm-hmm. wanted she you know ran away and she had uh, her and Helena in secret so we have two factors here we have we know that Dyad was not in control was not responsible for her birth yeah it was done away from their control and to our knowledge she's the only clone who split in the womb and became two people so we don't know what that has done to them genetically that may be different from all the other clones. And so let's be clear that Sarah and Helena are the ones who are twins. Are twins. They're are biological, twins. Are biological yeah. twins and apparently possibly the originals because at least that's what Helena was uh, led to believe that she was the original and all the others were imitations. Right. And, and it seems like because Sarah is the only one that's able to give birth to somebody that there's something extra special about her. It seems like, especially considering that that baby has superpowers, super healing powers. <laughs> super yeah. healing powers. She's Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, she just doesn't have put, put the claws out yet. Well, since we're talking about the super healing healing powers, 
Helena <laughs> at the end of the season is yes. dead. She's been shot by Sarah. Yeah, Sarah she's shoots been her in the left chest. for dead. I assume she's dead. However, if she is also has some of the same DNA as Kira, being her biological aunt, we would assume it was passed down to her. Well, I mean, they were from the same womb. Her and Sarah. So you're what? What you're positing? Is there a chance that Helena will be making a return next season? She, I'd like to say yes. Yeah. I would love if she did. I would Sarah did yes. shoot her and just kind of left her to die. We didn't actually see. And it that. wasn't like a face. It was. It was a shot. I guess in the mid region, but I, I wouldn't be central mass, central body mass, central body mass. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if come season uh, episode four or five we start hearing that crazy Helena theme mm, that, and that she screech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the Helena theme. Well, maybe that's just wishful thinking because I don't want to lose Helena. Keep wishing, it. keep wishing, yeah. Will. Okay, she's great. Yeah. We are wishing Will. So yeah, so that's the big thing about uh, about Kira. Uh, let's get into the monitors now. Let's, uh, if we have so yeah. pretty much everyone uh, is supposed to have a monitor except for Sarah because Sarah somehow slipped by the. She system. went off the grid. She went off the grid because of because uh, of Amelia because Amelia had her in secret. exactly and took and and gave her to the state. And yeah. gave Helena to the church, uh, as as she said. So we know uh, the, the the main monitor that we're familiar with is Paul, played by Dylan Bruce, because he was uh, boyfriend to Beth Childs. I guess boyfriend. They weren't really married. They were just yeah. dating yeah, I for guess a long so. time. Together. They never really said if he was married or not, but I would just say live together. Right. Uh, so we got to experience him. And the big thing with him, I guess, he's the main monitor. Is because his penis. Is his penis. Because we got to see a lot of sex scenes between him and Sarah Manning playing Beth Childs. Yes. And apparently uh, Sarah Manning was a cold fish. Yeah. But oh, no, Beth, 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 Beth Childs was a cold fish. But Sarah, Sarah Manning... She takes it seriously. Yes, yeah. very passionate. And everyone was great. And Felix got to see a little bit of that, and he loved that. Which is strange. <laughs> Who does that? I just, I don't know. Who does it? If I, if, if I was in the next room and my sister suddenly got sexually, not assaulted, but uh, approached in an aggressive manner. But they're adopted. I know. <laughs> they're foster. That they're makes foster, it all foster, foster, But still. And she wasn't approached in an aggressive manner. She was aggressive. Well, no. She, she, uh, well, she was covering for when he was when he was when when Felix was there and he caught them having sex the first time in Beth's townhouse. It was it was Paul coming in, being like, you know, what's up with the hot and cold routine? And then he's like, mm-hmm. I could be hot and cold too. And he grabs her, and then he's like, whatever, I don't need it, I'm out. You know. And then she yeah. grabs him, and then she goes for it. Yeah. Then she goes for the gusto. Yeah. So, if you're the brother in the situation, right. are you fine or no? No, I'm not fine. <laughs> that's I don't want to hear that. I don't do that in front of my brother either. It's well, weird. that's important. That would be weird for maintaining yeah. a family. Yeah, not even your adopted brother. Not, not even your not my dad brother. or the foster brother. <laughs> right. I mean, granted, Sarah also bangs Paul in his bed in, in Felix's bed, bed on yeah. his couch, but probably he, in his kitchen. Felix seems a little less thrilled when it's happening at his place, that's though. To true. be fair, right? Yeah, yeah. Less Delighted. Yeah. I could yeah. totally get that. I could totally understand that. Yeah. So Paul has uh, apparently he is uh, an unwilling accomplice due to the fact that he has been blackmailed uh, yeah. into for Afghanistan for yeah. for something he created at Afghanistan where he killed it was friendly fire and he shot down I believe like six marines six marines exactly yes yeah, yeah bam yeah. and uh, so he is an unwilling accomplice who. Ends up falling in love with Sarah, so to speak. Well, we don't know for sure which side he's on. He seems to be on Sarah's side. And he was unaware of the clone thing. There was kind of like a double blind thing right. going on where he 
didn't realize that they were clones. He knew he had to monitor, but he didn't know why. Right. He was yeah. given a target, told to seduce and monitor and keep her safe. And that's it. Um, so this, all this other stuff was a huge shock for him, and that was a big part of season one. Uh, he and Delphine are our only two confirmed monitors. Well, well, we have a third now. We have a third from the finale. You just we watched it, so we saw we saw Allison's husband right. going for a run. Donnie, and then going it turns out that he was in fact her monitor. Yes. So yeah. so we, that which, just got confirmed, which Allison had suspected mm. for so long. Then it was alluded to big. Louise? Yeah. <laughs> she, she tortured him with a hot glue gun. Then it was kind of, she was kind of led to believe it was Ainsley, her, yes. her neighbor. Mm-hmm. She allowed Ainsley to, to die. die by choking to death. Which is huge. That's yeah. a huge move. You don't recover yeah. from that. Yeah. It's going to deeply scar her psychologically. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Someone that tightly wound is not going to... And that was really what set her over the edge to actually sign that re- that form, that contract that makes her now property of the Diet Corporation mm-hmm. and having to report for them and who knows what that's Well, she didn't happen. realize it made her property. She knew she would have to well, report she, to them. A contract or no contract contract, they are already property yes. of the oh, diet. That's true. They're yeah, right. property. It's written, right. written in their DNA uh, in their genetic sequencing. That they're intellectual property. Yes. Absolutely. But Allison now, it seems like Allison is going to be stuck, with, yeah. she's stuck with the Dyad Corporation. Who knows what that's going to do, but she obviously decided to do that because she felt she could be protected by them mm-hmm. uh, after what happened with Ainsley. Her being so wound up, feeling that she was going to be uh, you know, yeah. taken in by the police or whatever. Yeah. So um, now yes. I would like to throw this out to the room mm-hmm. and tell me if I'm crazy. Is Mrs. S. Sarah's monitor? Mm. I don't think Sarah actually has a monitor because she was off the grid. And I really believe whatever Mrs. S. is doing mm-hmm. is for Kira's best interest. Mm-hmm. I think that's who she cares about the most at this point. Well, Amelia, before she died, she was trying to tell Sarah something about Mrs. S. She says your foster mother basically isn't who she says she is, uh, which is what led me to believe that she was a monitor. You're saying that maybe she's uh, got some other altruistic... I think she might know more about the whole situation than she's letting on. Mm-hmm. I think, though, I truly believe that when Mrs. S. says things like, we'll... Like, if we have to, we burn this to the ground and we leave with Kira. I really believe mm-hmm. that... I guess I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a sucker. Maybe May- I shouldn't be well, taking out a word. Maybe she... You know what? When when Sarah reveals that she's a clone, she takes it really well. Mm. That's true. <laughs> really well. She, does she doesn't need well. a stiff drink. She's like, I'm on board. She might know more, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I got from the Clone-versation, or it could have been the article, I'm not sure, but somewhere I got uh, that season two is really going to explore who Mrs. S is, who mm. she was 20 years ago. I guess she was an activist. Yeah. Uh, so we will have those answers soon. And the Lita, uh, Operation Lita, which is, she was in that photo from 1977. I believe it was Lita, L-E-D-A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll learn more about that, I'm guessing, okay. too. Yeah, I think that was in the EW article, too. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Mrs. S is definitely a mystery that we need to figure out. Uh, and we mentioned Don- the th- funny thing about Donnie, I have to say, is Delphine is hot, svelte, she's smart. Paul's built like a, you know, Adonis. And then there's <laughs> Donnie, you know, and right. it's just that I thought it was a really good twist. Just, yeah. To, is he or isn't he? No, I, he can't I, be. It's Ainsley. I'm really interested to learn more about that storyline just because, you know, when Sarah was, was saying to Alice and she's like, 
you know, it's not going to be Johnny. He's your high school sweetheart. You've been married. You yeah. have kids. Uh, so I'm interested to learn more about the monitors and how long they have to be invested in this. They have yeah. to obviously devote their whole lives. And what did they do? How do they sign on? Right. Paul was kind of forced into it because of something that happened in Afghanistan. You know, it's, so I'm, I'm interested to learn more about those backstories. Well, the, the answer, the answer of whether of who was Allison's monitor. Was honestly, it was staring all of us in the face. Not just because we had seen Donnie burn all those documents uh, episodes earlier before we had our final reveal, but monitors are not supposed to directly affect any of the decision making made by these clones. They are supposed to have 100% autonomous free will, and Ainsley is constantly meddling. You <laughs> That's know, true. putting right. together that intervention is 100% against the rules of this experiment. Versus Donnie, who helped goes along with it until Allison says, I don't want to do this, and then he agrees with her. You know, he's he's 100% sticking to the plan. The question mm. is, has Donnie always been her monitor, or at some point was he kind of was turned? He turned? That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I want to learn about that kind of yeah, stuff. And does great. he have something held against him, which I'm guessing he might not, because they were high school sweethearts. I mean, what could you have done? Yeah. Smoke pot, like, in the bleachers? Right. I'm so, telling on you. you I don't know. Go to jail for yeah. that. So is that something detention. That, that he was raised in, you know, like... Uh, uh, well, Delphi- Delphine well, obviously was a scientist with the project as opposed to Paul. And who had a re- personal relationship with Dr. Lee. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, Rachel was yeah. raised by the by the neolutionists. So I just wonder if Donnie was maybe raised in, in one of these corporations as well from mm. birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, or, or yeah, if he was turned at some point, did he do something terrible? Mm-hmm. I, I we want answers. We want answers. <laughs> we definitely want answers. Let's talk a little bit uh, more, at least, about like the uh, the actors in this, because it's really a phenomenal cast. A lot of Canadian actors. Uh, again, a lot of surprises, which I think is amazing. Tatiana, we've already talked about. Just phenomenal work. Uh, Kevin Hansard, who plays Detective Art Bell, mm-hmm. yes. uh, who does you know a great job. Really, really interesting character. We talked a little bit about Dylan Bruce. Um, he was on the conversation as well. Jordan Gavaris, uh, who is just phenomenal as Felix. Yeah, you know, and watching the show, doing a rewatch, because you're so distracted by the brilliance of Tatiana. Uh. That when yeah. you when I'm watching it second time, I was paying so much more attention to the brilliant work he's doing. Yeah, and I've already read some early reviews of the new season that says he really sh- they really let him shine this season. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And I force of nature. Yeah, he's a force of nature. And he again, if you've watched a clone conversation, you got to see these uh, actors in real life. You'd be really surprised to see how totally different Jordan is yeah. from Felix. It's, yeah. it's really amazing and I really watch awesome. Yeah, well, you're going to have to watch that. And uh, Jordan and Tatiana are like incredibly close in real life. So yeah. I, I think that's... Uh, it, and it shows up. It shows up. You can definitely see the chemistry on, on film. They talked a lot about the audition process and the fact that they had a final three uh, Tatianas and a final three Jordans... Uh, not Jordans. Felixes. And that they had them interact with each other. And out of all the pairings, those two bonded from the start. In fact, uh, Jordan mentioned that he got to rehearse with the other two Right, and people. did not yeah. with... And yet he had this amazing, amazing um, relation, connection with them. Also, just to tell, uh, Jordan also actually won 
a Gemini Award, uh, a Canadian Screen Award for um, best performance by an actor in a featured supporting role for oh, Orphan wow. Black. Oh. So not not a major, not not an American award, but a Canadian award, but still phenomenal, getting recognized mm-hmm. already. And who knows what will happen in season two? One of my favorite quotes of the whole season is. Fetch me something gay. Um, <laughs> just like, just you do that so well. Uh, well, thank you. You did that so well. One, of my, one of my many talents <laughs> is being flamboyantly gay and British. And then also some other actors. Ooh, my thing just went off. Maria Doyle Kenny. Uh, She's Mrs. S. Yes, Mrs. S. Skylar Wexler playing Kira. Uh, Inga. Catnerell, who is Detective DeAngelis, Detective Angelus, and uh, Angela DeAngelis. Detective Angela DeAngelis. Sorry, I'm just I'm just saw the abbreviation there. And uh, Michael Mando, uh, Vic, Vic the Dick. Oh, Vic the Dick. Vic the Dick. Oh, Vic the Dick. Poor Vic the Dick. I think he's great. Yeah, he was hilarious. He's definitely yeah, he hilarious. Was I wonder if he's even if he's done if his story's done. He's know. not in any of the promo footage I've seen. No, he's so. not. So it'll be interesting to see about him. But again, phenomenal actors. Although the majority of the cast is one person. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you you have something on that, well, right? Well, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it says that uh, you know, this next season too, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more other characters mm-hmm. um, because I, it's difficult. Not only on Tatiana to be you know like ninety nine percent of of what's going on in each scene, um, but also. If you want to talk, I don't remember the name of the camera. It's difficult for them to shoot. It is really right. time consuming. Yeah. And what is the name? Do you know the, the name? name of the camera? Is the Techno Dolly? That's yeah. what they called it. So yes. they have the Techno Dolly, and they also have uh, Catherine Alexander, who is uh, Tatiana Maslany's uh, body double. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. uh, they have to shoot the scene over and over and oh, over boy. again several times, and it's flawless. The way I mean, if you think about like other. TV shows and movies in the past that they'd had one actor playing two roles and you have that you have the double like the you know somebody's back is facing you and you you're supposed to assume it's the same actor and then you see the person's front right or you see a split screen like right. all these crazy ones I mean Sarah Michelle Geller had that one TV show a couple of years Ringer. ago Ringer Ringer yeah exactly which was terrible and actually look the effects weren't that great either considering right. it was broadcast TV but I mean, on this show it's pretty flawless yeah and, and for those it of you is. who don't know what a techno dolly or a techno crane are. Uh, they are they're specialized camera rigs that are controlled by a computer. So once you program in a movement, you can repeat it the exact same way mm-hmm. an infinite number of times. It was pioneered uh, way back in 1976 when they were making Star Wars for 1977. Look at you. Um, yeah, and I'm like, this guy's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, Tell me more, Matt Lee. Well, no, I read, I read a whole lot. But it's the only way to ensure, and, and it's used on a lot of productions mm. that are that are mapping CG over, over live action or where you're doing live action multiple times. It's the only way to be absolutely sure that the camera move is exactly the same. Yeah. But again, yeah. the, the like you mentioned, there it is. Second time we've got that this show. <laughs> we're gonna keep. We're gonna go for three. We're gonna go for three. This is uh, well, you know, based on the past, it's been done a lot more for feature movies. So it's amazing to see it applied on a show like this because uh, this, this show does not seem like it has a major, major budget. Right. So uh, it is fascinating. And so far, the most that we've seen in one scene, in one shot, <laughs> is three clones. We've yeah. seen the main three. So I'm really curious to see how many more they can possibly load in, if we can load in four or five. So that'll be one interesting a thing. Fleet. Well, a fleet. A fleet of clones. The more clones, the better. Just yes. for fun, Catherine Alexander, again, who plays her body double, um, will actually be making a cameo on episode nine of season two. So look out for her. As herself. Her 
face. Oh, I'm yeah. not really sure. It just says that look for her cameo and her face for once. There also Amazon. are, because of the celebrities that have really gotten involved in this, Patton Oswalt was a very big proponent tweeting to everybody about how awesome this show was. Uh, Orlando Jones for, was also in the Clone yeah, Conversation. He was, he was a big fan. And I'm sure you have a couple other names Yeah, there. Patrick J. Adams uh, from Suits uh, will guest star in season two. Mm-hmm. And also... Um, all of the cast of Parks and Recs were, are a big fan of the show, and so they and Tatiana have, was on Parks and Rec. Yeah, right? they had her come on for a story arc. That's so awesome. that was cool. Really cool. I missed that. I have to catch that. We'll have yeah. to look for it. We'll have to look for that one. That she was uh, awesome. dating Tom, and they oh, actually so, do yeah. have some 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 of those people. Some people are actually going to guest star, not those people in particular, but they do have some guest stars who have appeared on other TV shows. So you might recognize a few faces in season two. Uh, I don't have the article in front of me, so I don't I didn't write down the names. But if you one, find them, one I'm excited about is Michelle Ford. Forbes. That's From the killing. Yeah, and and, uh, and Battlestar Galactica, mm. and even Star Trek: Next Generation. She sure. was uh, Ensign Roe Laren, mm-hmm. so uh, she's got a lot Whoa. of geek cred already. So you pronounce this? Yeah. Somebody from Nashville. Oh, uh, <laughs> Nishil <laughs> Oh, That's boy. not how you say his name. However, I believe this guy is also on Game of Thrones. Ooh, he's pr- playing. Another character whose name I can't pronounce. All right. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, new characters. Lots of new, and... new faces. Lots of new characters. Uh, bigger, better. Now, I've heard tales of a new love interest for our dear Sarah this season I believe... by the name of Cal. Yeah, and that's who it is—the guy okay. from Nashville. Okay. Who we can't pronounce we his can't name. Pronounce we can't pronounce his name. We're very sorry. But we will have. By the time Cal shows up on season two, we'll we will have it. it down. We will have right. it down. And we will be back next. This is a Monday. Yeah, this is we'll a. This is a little primer for us too. Yes. <laughs> the other rumor is yes. that there is a new clone, and her name is Jennifer. Yes, and that was uh, mentioned in, in the EW article, I believe, too. She's another soccer mom. Oh no, swim coach. I believe. Swim coach, teacher. And the the thing that's interesting about her is she also has some health issues that are similar to Katja's. And Cosima's. Because what we have yes. mentioned is Cosima is suffering from the same respiratory illness that Katya had at the beginning I, of the season. I like to call it uh, clomberculosis. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm not going with. Not Ooh. Tomato, to tomato. Like. You say tomato, I say tomato. You Hashtag tuberculosis. <laughs> Cloneberculosis. I think cloneberculosis is easier to spell, though, because you have clone right up front. Nope, it's exactly the same. <laughs> T-U-B-E-R-C-L-O-N-E-S-I-S. Tuberculosis. Either way, Jennifer, the new clone, seems to be having a bad time with it. Sure. And But Cosima's going to be able to study her, and I guess she's really going to have a battle. Cosima's going to have a battle to stay alive. Yeah, it seems like it. And it seems like the Delphine, I, I think Delphine's going to probably help her out with that based on that last uh, episode, okay. at least from season one. But you're not sure. I know. You don't I think I still so. think she's up to something. Well, we definitely feel that there are some forces at play. If you saw the Cloneversation, there was a clip uh, that they showed for season two. Um, minor spoiler alert if you don't want to know about it. Do you want to know about it? I want to know. I okay. definitely want to know. It seems like there was a prior relationship with Paul and Rachel. There's a scene with both of them. It seems like there was a prior relationship. Wait like a second. How is that possible? I know. Well, he I, had no idea that there were clones. Was it a prior mm. relationship, or is it that now he's taking orders from her? It might be taking orders, but there definitely seems to be something going on there. there Otherwise, was, that's the guy I don't, who I don't trust. Maybe I don't trust it's Paul a current, for a I definitely don't maybe, yeah. Paul. maybe it's a current relationship. Maybe it's a current mm. relationship, yeah. but that there's definitely something going more. on. Yeah. I felt like there was wrong. chemistry between them. 
for mm. sure. With Rachel and uh, yes, and Paul. Well, how <laughs> trippy must that be, right? You you were with a woman, you were her partner for years and years and years, and you weren't in love with her. Then all of a sudden, she just changes on a dime, and you fall in love with her with her imposter. And now you've you've been involved with and slept with two women who are genetically the same. And then you meet a third woman, also genetically the same, and then you wind up having a relationship with her, well, and that's completely different again. Got it. So you know, it's really funny because some people can't like that just dog. sleep with can't just sleep with one person. They just want to sleep with more than one. He likes to sleep with the same person, but multiple, multiple versions of that person. <laughs> the more you know, there it is. The more you nailed know. It. Right. So pretty much, I think we we've nailed a lot of the major points from season one, and just the buzz and. Uh, just how major it is. Uh, we didn't talk much about Comic-Con, but it was a phenomenal panel at Comic-Con. Lots of people dressed in cosplay. Just uh, really awesome stuff. Let's talk about... And mostly female fan base. And mostly female. Like we said, uh, the, the gay and lesbian uh, fan base as well. A lot more girls. Cloneversation was like... We were like the only we, guys there. were there. very few guys Very there. few guys. Well, but just, they were, it's such a strong female show. It's a strong, mm-hmm. strong female character. All of them are fully realized. And it, yeah. And it's just it's such a strong drama, a strong sci-fi drama. And it's rare to find a strong sci-fi drama that is so heavily female-driven, mm. um, but also isn't pigeonholing itself as like a drama for women. It's not. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. Know. Right. And then, uh, so let's talk about what are the big questions that we want that we that we were left off of in season one. I, I feel it. We touched upon a couple of them really quickly, uh, like the role of Mrs. S. Who is yeah. Mrs. S. Mm-hmm. Exactly? What is what is she all about? Also, uh, well, who took Kira? And what is it with this super healing? I the super healing I have no clue yet. But mm-hmm. Mrs. S, I still think Mrs. S has Kira somewhere. Okay. okay. That's my prediction. Okay. Well um, uh, what else do you I'm just saying we get back to the we get back to the house when she's looking for Kira and Mrs. S and they're gone. Kira's window's open. She could have been snatched. She could have been by Rachel? Who knows? I mean that's what we're gonna that's be what led we're to believe. Assuming. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Uh, definitely Thomas. Tomas is still alive. He was locked right. up in a cage. He was a minor character. I don't know if he'll come back or yeah. if he'll be from somebody the, else. From the, from the, well, there is a new character. Who is uh, more in charge. He's yeah. like a superior to Henrik Philippians. Johansson, I believe his name is. The yes. character's name is going to be. And he's seems to be the one of the heads of the Prolethians. Mm-hmm. And we're okay. going to see him this season. Yeah. So we're going to get more of a science and religion war, it yeah. seems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see the change in Alice. I mean, there has to be a big change in Allison. I think with, that's with huge. With Ainsley's death and just, you know, figuring out about Donnie, maybe. It, it, you know, I just really feel like there's going to be a major shift in her personality. I mean, if you think about it, really, I mean, with everything that Sarah's done, we don't know if Helena's dead or not. But if Helena's not dead, Allison's the only one who's kind of killed somebody. And, and and out of all of them, she's the most wound up. I mean, she knows how to right. shoot a gun, but she's never really had to kill anyone, I don't think. Yeah. And right. first of all, and... Please, the more you know, never wear a scarf when you're around a garbage dispenser. Just never wear one. There you disposal. Go. A disposal. garbage dispenser, a dispenser is just a useless garbage. <laughs> yeah. Garbage Tossing disposal. Garbage. So, I need a pound a, of garbage. It's 11-something on Tuesday it's night. It's a late recording. <laughs> it's a late recording. I messed Why up a few Why did you get things. this? It just keeps putting garbage in the room. <laughs> Listen, I wanted a fancy kitchen with fancy devices. If you don't like my garbage this dispenser, you can get out. <laughs> Oh, exactly. What exactly. is this? Oatmeal? Uh, oh. uh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> definitely a lot of questions. Is there anything that we uh, missed out? Another storyline that people, because I guess it's not 
yeah. the sexiest storyline of all, but art's storyline. Yes. Invest because mm. art is kind of like what mm. we would be in this show. We're trying and he's to just put stumbling together. onto it. Yeah, he only knows a very little, and yet he yeah. only finds it out towards the end. Sarah's about to confess everything to him because she kind of trusts him. But then the lawyers come in and take her away, and he's left with a lot of questions. I feel like he's could be our way into a lot of the answers that we get. And there's still like a that. mystery with him. There's still something. There's something about right. him and his relationship dirty. with Beth that might he's, be dirty or something. Well, he cover he helped cover up the uh, Maggie the Chen. Maggie Chen. Right. But, but there might be something. She more. also had something on him. Yeah. That's what what's assumed. Angela even calls him on it. Did Beth have something on you? Was it just a cover up though? No, that? it's not just that. There's something that he did that is you know not necessarily just as bad. But he's not the cleanest yeah. cop necessarily mm. in the world. Something happened to him in his past. We need to know what's going on with the uh, with the respiratory disease, and and you know why is it affecting the clones? How many clones is it mm. affecting? Is everyone at risk? Who in, is in charge of the Neolutionists? Who uh, made these clones? Why were they made? And is Sarah or are Sarah and um, are Sarah and Helena the originals? Yes. Is that, or is there an original? Absolutely. Well, definitely a lot to look forward to to try yeah. and figure out. So, uh, yes. I, I just really want to go. Are you? I'm sorry. Are you wrapping up here? I want to just drop one. You thing. drop one thing. Okay. So it's actually we have a lot to look forward to. But uh, back to the origin. Um, I just think it's interesting. You know, director and producer John Fawcett. Uh, am I saying that right, Fawcett? Yes. Uh, he, you know, went to Graham Manson, who's also the executive producer, and he really didn't have an idea. He went to him and said, you know, I have a great idea for an opening scene, which was a great opening scene. I think mm-hmm. we can all agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 that was pretty much it. And they talked about it being a movie. Uh, and that, you know, they couldn't really quite figure out how to do this in two and a half hours. So they just shelved the idea, I think, in 2003. Yes. And, uh, and then um, John Fawcett was going to go to pitch another TV show. And it kind of came to him and he called up Graham and he was like, what do you think about this being a TV show? Hmm. It's like, yes. And, uh, and so they wrote the pilot and Great. I just think that was interesting. No, it's it incredibly <laughs> interesting. Again, just coming from a, a movie, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the first time a show has done that where it had a movie premise and they decided to turn it to a TV show and it had a successful run. I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out and mention next week. But it is phenomenal. I'm really grateful that they did that because obviously look at all the twists and turns and this. Right. Look how interesting this is. Mm-hmm. And I think if it was just a two-hour movie, I really think it wouldn't be... Yeah, they wouldn't be able to put as much in there. I you like wouldn't have as many clones. Yeah. Probably right. not as many clones. Not as many clones. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so let's let's start wrapping this thing up. Let's actually go, come up with predictions. What do you think for season two? And now... You're after Buzz TV predictions. So, who would like to start it off? Anyone have an idea? Uh, I'll throw some some bold thoughts out there. Okay, awesome. All right, Mrs. S either is her monitor or was a member of Dyad at some point who splintered off mm-hmm. and started doing her own thing. Found Sarah and raised her, knowing that this moment was always coming. <laughs> Kira. Uh, has all of these super healing powers. Um, we don't know that it's even necessarily just because of uh, of Sarah's DNA. We don't know who her father is. We know nothing about her conception. So the more we know about that, the better we can answer those questions. I think Helena's still alive. It's going to be coming back for everything. Uh, Allison is going to go nuts 
And I think that we're by the end of the season, Rachel will be one of our favorite characters and will have a lot of emotional depth. Ooh, Ooh. wow. That's a lot there. I agree with the emotional depth. I don't know if Rachel, like, is she going to become lovable, are we saying? Like, kind yeah. of Listen, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Rachel might be being set up to be the show's big bad, maybe. Mm, sure. Mm. I mean, not that you can't love a big bad, but they're fun, I but they're not lovable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that new clone Jennifer is going to come in and die within the season. I oh. think I know. So, so we haven't even met her. Really. I know we haven't met her. Oh, yeah. she might be She's terrible. Gone. She might be. Awful. We don't you care. Know. Yeah. Uh, and They'll just make another. I definitely exactly. Yeah. I definitely think that Helena's still alive, and I think that she's going to come back, and I think she's going to have a child. Ooh, I like that. I like that one. I think here's what I think. I think Rachel is actually somebody else. I think Rachel is. I think there. I think the Dia Corporation's plan is to create shells for people to place their um, their, their souls their into? souls in their brains wow. in there, their consciousness Whoa. into, and that Rachel is actually self aware, but because she was actually somebody else in, uh, before and was implanted in that. That's bold, and that's ultimately and what these clones that's are the goal being. Of clones. That's the goal of what they're creating for clones. That's the ultimate biohack. That's the ultimate uh, modification to actually live forever in these clones. And I think that uh, that Sarah is not the only clone. There was probably an earlier version, and we might end up seeing another character, maybe someone we know already, as a clone. So uh, we might like actually another see that. Felix, or an, well, not like necessarily a, Felix, not but necessarily another Felix, but another person. I'm not sure who I would say another Leaky, another yeah, maybe another uh, Leaky. You never something. know. Maybe I mean, another a, a test subject. Leaky's the kind of guy who I could see cloning himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's arrogant like enough. And yeah. I think that Allison, this is going to be a shocker, I think Allison is going to, I think Rachel's going to be the big villain for sure, but I think Allison's going to be the big, uh, I think she's also going to be a villain. She's going to be like the second villain. She's going to turn. She's, she's going to turn. Lose it. She's going to lose it because of what she did at the end of season one and the fact that she works for the Dia Corporation. Technically that. now yeah, she's part of it. They're going to have something over her. They're going to have something over her. Yeah. And she's going to be mm-hmm. the big, she's going to be the big lackey that goes out there and causes havoc. That's mm-hmm. what I think. I like she that. goes, she protects her family. I'm going to say it's inadvertent. I'm going to say she gets forced into it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, Anna, where can we find you at? You can follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. I am also here Sunday nights buzzing about revenge. Awesome. And, Will, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, I am at the real Will Link. Awesome. Okay. Okay. And uh, Mr. Lieberman, where can we find you, sir? Well, if you want to find me on Twitter, and I imagine that you do, you can find me <laughs> at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find all my AfterBuzz TV source-fed and sketches on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's YouTube.com slash Matthew D. Lieberman. Other new shows coming out uh, in April. Mad Men just came back playing house at the end of the month. Awesome. And you can find me also on the Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. That's N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. Also here on Afterbus for a bunch of shows, including the following Hannibal Blacklist. Uh, gonna be doing 24 next month. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be good. And I know I'm missing something. I'm missing, a, I'm missing one of my kids. So I don't know. <laughs> the Blacklist, Hannibal, Bates Motel. That one. That's, that's a huge yeah. one. Yeah. There you go. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please tune in every week. We will be on Mondays at 6 p.m. if you want to catch us live or just uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a good rating. We'd love to see that. Yeah, please always rate and comment. We love your comments and we pay so much attention. And yes. that's what we're here for. So. Yes, absolutely. And on YouTube, please feel free to, uh, to write to us and we will comment. Thank you very much and we'll catch you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.